The first Bible reading is in John chapter 6 from verse 1 to 15, page 891 in the Church Bibles. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has who come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. We're going to continue reading from verse number 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the lake saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 
They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us this flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because and I live because the Father, so whoever feeds on me He also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But you there are... But there are some of you who do not... Uh, believe for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him 
And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Hey, do please keep your Bibles open. Um, we're in this series, aren't we, in John's Gospel uh, through the summer. It's our summer series looking at the seven signs in John's Gospel. We'll be particularly looking at the second half of that chapter. You can see, can't you, that the first half, the bit that um, Ava read, um, is the miracle itself, uh, the sign of the feeding of the 5,000. And the second half is the conversation that the crowd have with Jesus and the response that he gives to them, um, which explains what is going on. Um, so Jesus himself actually explains uh, what this means. Um, let me just pray for us, and then we'll get going. Father God, thank you um, that you are the God who not just speaks uh, words of life and truth, but you open our hearts uh, to hear them and to receive them. So uh, we trust you, we pray that you'd be doing that today um, in our hearts Uh, Would you open our hearts to see who Jesus is, um, so that we may respond to him rightly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Getting someone's identity right is quite important. Um, I guess I'm probably more likely to think about this than anyone in this room. I am married uh, to someone who is a twin, almost, almost identical twin. Uh, Hannah has a twin sister called Rebecca. Has anyone met Rebecca? Did you think she was Hannah? Yes. Um, I've got twin daughters who are almost identical as well. Um, And so uh, mistaken identity is is just par for the course, really, um, in my household. Um, uh, But it is important to get someone's identity wrong. And if you get someone's identity wrong, uh, what you ask of them is going to be wrong too. So if I think Rebecca is Hannah, I'll ask her for a cuddle or to hold my hand, and that will be really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, if you get someone's identity wrong, you'll ask them for the wrong things. And uh, in these signs in John's Gospel, what we've been seeing is both who Jesus is as the true Messiah, the Son of God. Remember that last week? His powerful voice calling people from the grave. and even just saying to the man, get up, you can walk now. Um, But we've also been seeing that people miss that true identity. The man himself, the paralysed man, walks away, almost doesn't seem interested in what Jesus has to offer. And the same kind of thing is going on here, uh, because we have a crowd of people um, who see Jesus multiply out of a very small packed lunch, the equivalent of thousands of people's lunch. And yet, as we see later on in the second half, we see that they haven't quite got who Jesus is. And so what they're asking of him is insufficient. 
what they're expecting him to do for them is actually way off the mark. Um, let's look at it together. So we're going to look at it under two sections. We're going to look at it as bread from heaven under our first point. And then we're going to look at Jesus' flesh gives life for the world under our second point. Bread from heaven. Um, the setting and the type of miracle that goes on here are, should be a big deja vu moment. Have you ever had that feeling where you think, I've, I've been here before? Something, it's so weird, isn't it? It's like you have it almost like you've dreamt it happening and then it happens again. And you're like, that's really weird. Well, this should be a deja vu moment because just after God had rescued his people, covenant people from Egypt and brought them out through the wilderness, they had nothing. And he provided for them in the wilderness food, a bread. It's manna from heaven. Uh, it kind of appeared in the morning on the dew, almost like it dropped, fell from heaven. Um, and he provided that. And there were many in number. We've told 5,000 here. It wasn't 5,000. It was more like 10,000, 15,000, because women and children as well. We just told the number of men. Um, and so we are meant to think this is a kind of deja vu moment. This is something that has happened before. And so therefore we should see that Jesus himself is, is making more than just a statement of, I can do a, an amazing thing. But he's making a statement about who he is. The living God, the one who can provide food in abundance for his people. Um, we even hear the crowd uh, themselves refer to this event in their past. So if you want to look down with me at verse 30, if you can find that there. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So bread from heaven. Um, we've got the crowd. This is uh, Elro Town Festival. Happened just over in Parsos Park. Um, 22,000 22, people there. This is just one of their stages. Um, if you were living close there, you would have heard it. But we've got the crowd of people, and you get um, everyone having their, 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 their food. That also was happening yesterday morning at a slightly smaller event um, in Kent. Uh, but everyone having, and that smile on their face probably, because they had more than enough. And you think, how is that possible? I mean, the cost. Sam was sort of plugging in the numbers for how much it would cost for six blokes to have a, a bacon sandwich. But... Imagine 10,000, 15,000 people being fed. And yet what we get is these kind of two responses. We get the, question, we get the questions of the crowd, uh, one of which you had just heard there. What sign do you perform, Jesus? It's a bit ironic considering he has just done an amazing miracle. Uh, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? And then we also get these verses right at the very end of the chapter. Where else can we go, Jesus? If everyone else leaves you, that, like if we were to leave you, what would we do? Because you have the words of eternal life. You see how different those responses are. And uh, we're going to find out or think a little bit about why people, why we would respond to Jesus that way. One of those two ways. But it will, it will be one of those two ways. Um, so bread from heaven. Um, notice how Jesus turns this past event 
our fathers ate the wilderness for bread in the, in the desert. He turns it into a present event. Have a look with me at that. It's very interesting. He says, um, just a verse after the one we just read, um, verse 30. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. No longer past tense. It's not my my father gave you the true bread from heaven, but my father gives you, gives you, (laughs) the people who I'm talking to, I'm not talking about your forefathers anymore, I'm talking about you, people who have asked this question. Truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So Jesus is going to turn their questions, their whole conversation, and turn it around. And a real turning point in the conversation there. Talking about bread from heaven, talking about Moses, talking about the sign he performed so that they might believe that he was sent from God. And Jesus says, my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Present tense. What is happening now is what that past event was pointing to. What is happening now is so significant that I can say to you that my father gives you the true bread from heaven. And we don't have to wait long for Jesus to explain what he means by that. In verse 33 he says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Is he who comes down from heaven. It's a person. The true bread from heaven is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Um, we can see that the crowd, they, they, they get the message, right? It's not that they, they don't hear what Jesus is saying, because if you look, John picks up these, their responses, and he's, um, they say stuff like, in verse 42, um, there's their responses on the right hand side they say stuff like how does he now say I have come down from heaven isn't this just Jesus who's the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how does he now say I have come down from heaven so they've heard Jesus rightly they've heard him say he's come down from heaven it's not a lost in translation thing it's not like oh I thought he said that and oh I thought he said that oh no I thought he said that he's saying they have heard him say I've come down from heaven and that's what they object to. And then, later on, they even say, how can this man, we'll get to this bit in a moment, give us his flesh to eat? So they have heard Jesus say that he is the true bread from heaven. So it's not lost in translation. It's not a lack of hearing it. But there's unbelief that stops them from receiving it. Um, and we'll look at what that looks like. Um, and it's quite similar, really, to the paralysed man, whose own chief concern was things in this life. And the crowd, too, they just, of course they're going to want the next meal. Of course they're going to be thinking about the next meal. They enjoyed the last one that Jesus gave them. They want another one. That's not an unusual thing to want. But if they're only, chief, if they're only concerns are things in this life, then they're going to miss Jesus entirely. And what he is offering them is not going to, it's not going to be something that they want. And it's exactly the same thing with us. 
How does Jesus give life to the world? He says, um, sorry, in verse 51, um, this is, sorry, he said in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He said in verse 48, I am the bread of life. And then he said in verse um, 52, is it? What does it say? 51, sorry. He says this, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And in response to that, the crowd say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So they have understood. They've heard Jesus say that his flesh is the bread given for the life of the world. They've heard it, haven't they? They've understood it. It's not like they're confused as to what Jesus is saying. Jesus, why don't you speak a bit more plainly with all these metaphors? So confusing. No, they've got it. <laughs> they've got it, and that's what they object about. That's what they reject. Um, so it's not a problem of understanding. It's a problem of the heart. They've heard rightly, but their hearts reject what they hear. There is unbelief. Um, you'd think at this point, wouldn't you? You'd think that Jesus would decide to, to tone it down a bit. The crowd aren't really going for it. You'd think they, he'd tone it down, you know, maybe switch the metaphor up a little bit. Um, something a bit more to win them on side. He does nothing of the sort. In verse 53, if you look down with me, he plows on. He plows on with this thing of his flesh. And it's gruesome. <laughs> it, is, it, should be, it should make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? These are Jewish people who in their religious cultural standing would be so concerned with clean and unclean foods. And here is one who is saying it's from God. And he's saying, unless you eat my flesh. What? Has, Jesus, has no one done cross-cultural studies with Jesus? You know, you can't talk to them in this kind of way, Jesus. And yet he's so stark, so vivid about this. Verse 53, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, he goes on again, has eternal life. And I'll raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, uh, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. These are amazing words, aren't they? These are just absolutely amazing words and you could leave it there couldn't you you could say this is what we're here to learn today Jesus is the true bread from heaven whoever feeds on his flesh whoever receives his death in their place will have eternal life if this doesn't excite us interest us then I guess there's probably something wrong with us rather than something wrong with the message. It's just amazing, isn't it? And you think of the context that Jesus is speaking into. 
religious Jewish people who were like unclean, clean foods, you know. And he's saying, he's talking about cannibalism. He's using a way to describe his, their need of him in a way that would just, I mean, you can't get much more provocative, can you? I don't think you can. So why is Jesus doing that? Well, he could be doing it for effect, to cause offence. He could be doing it for effect, um, you know, so that they, to make the message, his message, so unforgettable, that intrigue will turn to a humility in their hearts and humility to understanding as they inquire more about it. Or is it? Because what Jesus is speaking of really matters. Is it because what he is speaking of here is of such, such importance? They've just got to listen. They've got to hear it. And this will be one way to wake them up from it. Well, you have to look at the effect, don't you? And you sort of think, if that was Jesus' reason for doing it, of course it's important. Yeah, it's absolutely it's important. What he's speaking of really matters, and he cares that they would hear this message. But if so, it doesn't seem to work, does it? Because if you look down with me at the end of the chapter, it says, After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So, it doesn't seem to have worked. And so, what else is going on here? And Jesus is, is, if Jesus is saying, this is the way you are going to believe, I'm going to tell you in such a vivid way that you're going to believe. Well, what else is going on here? Well, I think this is where, where it comes in with us <laughs> in terms of our own response to Jesus. And it's a humbling thing to hear. But all through the conversation, Jesus has been seasoning this conversation with comments like, Unless the Father draws you, you will not come to me. Those kind of comments. Um, So let's look at them together. Um, He says in verse 37, if you want to look at that, verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. In verse 39 he says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And then in verse 44, he says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So all through this conversation, Jesus has been dropping in, drip-feeding this thing of the Father... The Father needs to open your eyes. The Father needs to deal with your hardness of heart. The Father needs to deal with your unbelief and draw you to him. Or else you won't see this. You won't understand this. You won't receive this. Why I'm offering. All through the conversation Jesus has been saying, this isn't up to you. Even Jesus himself is saying, unless the Father draws you, you will not come to me. No one 
can come to me unless the Father has drawn him. That is a real wake-up call, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever had that wake-up call as a Christian where you realise, or even as someone who's listening in and looking at this for the first time, it's a shock to realise. Not, it's not that we're the ones putting God on trial and he has to give us a decent enough answer. And if he does, you know, my, you know what? I might start listening to him. I might start thinking about you know, what he's saying is, is worth listening to. But actually, it's the, the boot's on the other foot. And here we have it. A crowd who had seen this amazing miracle had all of the, the opportunity to see that this was significant. Jesus himself is saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. <laughs> and yet he also says, unless the Father draws you, you will not come to me. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And in this case, 12, less than 12, are left. And so that should be a wake-up call to us. A humbling thing, a rightly humbling thing to see that you can have all of the right information, be in exactly the right place before the right person. And yet because of our unbelief, because of our hardness of heart, we miss, miss it entirely. And so it should humble us um, if, we, if that's for the first time or if that's for the fifth, 50th time um, to see that Jesus, to see that we need God to open our eyes to see who Jesus is. And to humbly ask him, to not come proudly saying, um, God, you know, you've got to do this. But to come humbly pleading with him, knowing that it's up to him. I don't know if you've ever asked him to do that. I don't know if you've ever humbled yourself to ask him to do that. I don't know if you've ever been humbled to see that that's what it would require. It's not your intellect it's not your upbringing. It's not your church attendance. It's not your religious duties. None of that will help you to see who Jesus is or will open your eyes to who he is. The Father must do that. So will you ask him to do that for you? Because Jesus says, all those who the Father gives me, none of those whom the Father gives me I will turn away. I shall lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Do you want to be raised with him? In his resurrection, he never dies. He he did die, but he came back to life. Do you want to be with him when he returns and when he calls all of the dead from the grave? Well, ask him. Ask the Father to to open your eyes, to see who Jesus is, because unless he does that, we could be here till seven, eight, nine o'clock. We're not going to be. But unless he does that, it will not happen. Maybe you'd call yourself a Christian. and Maybe that's a cultural thing, a sort of traditional thing, a family thing. But it's inter- it is helpful to see that the blindness of unbelief in these stories, in the responses of the people who had the healing and that kind of thing, is that they only ever came to Jesus for what they needed in this life. 
And it might be a mark of your prayers. When you look across your life and you think, I pray, but what do I pray about? Is it that you go to God for things that only concern this life? God, would you help me out with this? Would you help me out with that? Would you do this? Would you do that? Would you do that? If only I had that marriage. If only I had that job. If only I had that thing. And they're the things at the end of the day that you're trusting Jesus for. for you're, you're approaching him for. You're asking for the wrong things. <laughs> it's not that those things are bad. But you failed to see who Jesus really is. Because if you saw that he was the bread of life. The son of God. Who's come from heaven. To lay down his life. To give his flesh for the life of the world. Then you would run to him for that. Your prayer to him would not be for um, a promotion or a better house. or a, It would be for eternal life. So you were in the right place, but you're asking the wrong things. And I, my prayer is that you would see Jesus. Again, that God would open our eyes to see who Jesus is. The Father would reveal him to us. To reveal that he is the Son of God, the Messiah. The one sent from heaven who would give off his life for the, for the life of the world. Um, if you're a believer and you have trusted that, um, Jesus says, uh, I don't know what verse it is, maybe someone can find it. Oh, verse 40 there, I'm looking at it. Uh, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus says that it's the will of his Father. What's the will of God? What's the will of God for your life, for my life, for the world around us, for the people around us? That everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And so if you're a believer here today, the simple question to keep us on track is to be asking, how much do my priorities, how much does my will for my life align with our Father's will? Which is that everyone who looks on the sun would have eternal life. And that's a real challenge. If I'm honest with you, that is a real challenge. Because majority of the time, I'm not. That's not my priority. That's not my thinking. For my family, for my workplace. Okay, I just work with Tom. but um, <laughs> and Thankfully, praise God, he's, he's believing in Jesus. My, my, my family... Is that my prayer for my children? I'll be honest with you, it's not. Often it's not. And is that my priority for what I spend my time doing? Or I want to invest my life, my energy, my whole being into? Well, if I'm honest with you, it's not. And it's a challenge, isn't it? Will the feature, defining feature of our lives be in line with the will of God would we get on board with his agenda and lay aside the other agendas you know there'll be plenty of time in eternity to learn how to be a pro golfer there will be plenty of times in the time in eternity um, to to buy our second home or to you know to to have that dream occupation that we we long for but there will be no more time in eternity for these people 
our loved ones, the people all around us to hear of Jesus. There will be no more time for that. And it puts things in perspective, doesn't it? So um, it's not a guilt trip. That won't work. Uh, But here is Jesus saying, this is the will of my Father. And those who have come to Jesus, who also have God as their Father, their will, their desires will start to reflect his. That's what it means to be a Christian, isn't it? Our will, our desires would start to reflect more what the Father is like. And so I just leave that with you. It's a little challenge. Um, And I'm going to pray now. Let's pray. bread of life the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world truly truly I say to you whoever believes has eternal life I am the bread of life so one may eat of it and not die if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh Father God, thank you for your son. Thank you that he came. Thank you that it was your doing that he, you sent him into the world for this purpose. To lay down his life so that we may have eternal life. And Lord, we know in our hearts that we're, we're just like the crowd. We are consumed with the consumables for the things that perish and do not endure and yet it would take a miracle for you to open our eyes to see that there's more to be concerned about more to long for more to more that jesus has to offer through his death Uh, so we pray um, that you would do that father you would be pleased to draw us to you and we plead with you that you would not leave us as we are chasing lots of other things Uh, but that we would see you and that our requests, what we come and ask from you, would reflect who you really are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Why don't you just take a few minutes just to chat, uh, just to the person next to you. Uh, One thing um, from the passage that you liked, even if it wasn't anything that I said, Why don't you do that with the person next to you? Um, And we're going to come back together just after that. So chat to the person next to you.